Hello, listeners. Welcome to Season 5 of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm Alexia Gordon, award-winning author and host of the show. Every other Thursday, I chat with an author writing on the not-so-gritty end of the crime fiction spectrum. If you prefer your mystery without hardcore sex and violence, join us in The Cozy Corner. Welcome. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. Valerie Wilson-Wesley joins me in the corner today to chat about her new mystery, A Fatal Glow, the second Odessa Jones mystery. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Your Odessa Jones mysteries are a bit different than your previous series, your Tamara Hale uh, mysteries. So would you please tell us what's happening in A Fatal Glow? A Fatal Glow takes off from where studying Odessa Jones's life, from where um, A Glimmer of Death left off. And we left her with A Glimmer of Death, finally coming to terms with finding a new job, kind of creating a new family at work and getting on with her life. And A Fatal Glow takes up another part of her life, which is her catering service. And it centers around that. It centers around, she has a, it finally has a a big time client and the guy ends up dying. (laughs) And it kind of goes, goes down from there for Odessa and her various friends. It's um, I, what I enjoy about writing the second book is I'm beginning to feel, get a sense of what a cozy is. I think I, I think um, with the first book, of course, it's, it was so different from the Tamara Hales and Odessa is quite different from Tamara and um, in, in so many ways as a cozy is from a PI novel, but um, I feel like I'm getting more of a sense of the, the genre and can, the subgenre and can kind of play with a little bit more. And I'm really beginning to enjoy it more. I enjoyed the first one, but then the, now with the second, I'm, I'm more, a little bit more relaxed and play a little with some of the boundaries. And um, I, I really enjoyed writing this one. And I'm looking forward to writing the next one, which I will, <laughs> a shimmer of red, which I will at some point talk a little bit about. Exciting. And, and as you mentioned, these, these are very different women that you write about. Uh, Tamara's a PI, uh, Odessa is a widowed caterer slash real estate agent uh, with a with a special kind of gift. So, how did your approach to writing the two differ, or or did it? Well, every every book has. You know, I've written, you know, a kind of a lot of different kinds of books. I've written, of course, paranormals, um, which was for me is a subgenre, the hardest to get into. Children's books, which I love writing, and each character presents its own particular challenge and its own joy. So it's, you know what the boundaries are of the subgenre. For example, in Cozy, there are certain things you're not going to do. I would never kill her cat, for example. (laughs) There are certain things you don't do. Uh, And even having Juniper in the book is fun because I can play with him. Again, he's a central character, which you couldn't do in a PI novel. Uh, You could, but I I didn't. Um, So it's a kind of a a very... um, they're different, but the development of character, the sense of dialogue, the sense of pacing is similar, just a different pace, a different rhythm. But always it comes back to character and, and the women, finding the women, the voice of the two women is, is and knowing their history 
if that makes them different. So they're they're different. It's a different challenge for each book, but it's also you find the, the joys in it as well. And speaking of of genre, you have with the character who is a caterer who also has some psychic abilities, you've actually combined two subgenres of cozy, the culinary cozy and the paranormal cozy. So how did you come to, to, to sort of mash up the two subgenres or did it just sort of happen? Kind of happened. I wanted to give Odessa something special. And I, you know, I've, al- I've also, again, written paranormal. I wrote two paranormals, paranormal uh, novels. And I think that, um, you get you get a there's a certain kind of fascinated. I'm not psychic. My I have no people in my family who came to be, but I don't, I don't, but as as but I wanted to give her that kind of an edge of a woman who was gifted with this particular gift, but doesn't quite quite know what to do with it. I mean, and, and it's really more burden than anything else for for Odessa. And how how women who are do have these kinds of gifts, and there are people I, I think who have a, a developed sixth sense about the world. And I just kind of, you know, added to that. Of course, the nutmeg thing, I just kind of came up with. <laughs> but poor people who like nutmeg, it's a problem. But um, <laughs> I think that um, I wanted to make her, give her a distinctive, uh, kind of a distinctive aspect to her character, and that provided it. But I also wanted her to deal with, I think, with so many things that we did, grief, for example, and, and the, the loss of her husband, because this was a period of, Grief for so many people, and 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 within my own family, we've lost people to to COVID, and it's just um, my immediate family, my extended family, but it's just um, just a sorrow that's overtaken everyone in in the world, and in some ways, Odessa deal. Although I wrote it kind of a little bit before everything came down, it was a, a way of coping with how people cope with this, even more so in the the second one to to a certain extent. But, um, and those are the things that came into her dealing with grief, dealing with her, her widowhood, dealing with, with, at the same time, having, in a sense, troublesome relatives, like Aunt Phoenix, one of my favorite characters, and being able on a cozy to, again, talk about um, my cat, who is not, <laughs> who I just adore, <laughs> actually, my grandson's cat, and um, whose name is Junior, but it's not Juniper. And also cater. I like to cook. My my daughter is a caterer and has been a caterer. She's a social worker now, but she used to she catered, and I used to help her out with her, some of her um, not, not deals, but you know her things that she was doing as a sous chef, I guess. And it was fun. It's interesting. It's an interesting way to to make a living, and it's very hard work, and it's very very hard work, and can be very hard on your hands. But because you're doing so much chopping and everything. But I also want to talk about that is cooking and which I enjoy doing. And that was a way of kind of wedding all the things that I love to do together in, in one book and in one character. And she's a softer character than Tamara, although I really enjoyed writing the Tamara Hales and will enjoy writing them again. But um, she's a much softer, a little more gentle than Tamara. So that was that was fun. You mentioned her her grieving and dealing with being a widow, but you've portrayed her, Odessa, as a woman who goes about recreating a life for herself versus sort of retiring from the world as widows have sort of traditionally been portrayed in fiction. So what sort of inspired you to, to uh, write her as someone who 
although she is, is grieving the, the loss of her husband, doesn't shut herself away, but actually uh, rebuilds a, a life in a, in a community without him. I think so many people when, you know, maybe not so much now with everyone with, with the whole happened in terms of work spaces, but often work becomes family for, you know, for people and for many people. And you, that's where you make new friends. That's where you can, if you, it's a pleasant place, particularly celebrate birthdays and reach out to people. And I wanted to create that for her. She was, and unfortunately, <laughs> Risco, <laughs> Risco Realty is not the first place to go at first, but she, even with that, within that kind of crazy place, she's able to find her, her bearings and, and able to reach out and to say, if you want to be a friend, be a friend. And she's able in a sense to bring people into her life and to trust again, to trust life again, that it will be rewarding to, to trust that good things will happen in, in meeting her and in, 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 with the, um, all the people that come in her life. Um, and that I think is an essential part of healing for, for, for people is to finally not be afraid. And she's, does take that step and begin to open up. And I think that, um, and there is that life in a sense after it. The second book goes a little bit further because they're kind of even more close, many of them and, and, and a family, as a family. But this is where, this is her community and the things that happen within that, within, certainly within, you know, a fatal glow deals with that, how you operate with, you know, with the people that have become your family. Although, as one of the character points, it's kind of a troublesome family. <laughs> you sure you want these people in your life? But um, she, you know, she does. They are her family now. And of course, there's, there's her Aunt Phoenix, who I just love, is one of one of my favorite characters. And um, so that, she's fun too. It kind of gives a chance to talk about women. I think I'm probably much closer in age to Aunt Phoenix than I am to Odessa. <laughs> I definitely am much closer. So it gives me a, a way to talk about this particular women who don't age in the kind of traditional way. Aunt Phoenix is rather a character. And um, so these are, gave me a chance to explore that you know, she's very psychic, much more so than Odessa. These are interesting characters to write about. And it's an interesting world, too, that they live in. And so that's that's been the fun part of developing this new series. And community, uh, of both family of choice and family of birth, are, are, uh, community is a critical aspect of the, the cozy genre. I mean, there, there are a lot of cozy readers who pay more attention to the, the community around the sleuth than the actual sleuthing. So would you tell us uh, a little bit about some more of these characters, like some more about Aunt Phoenix and then some of uh, Odessa's coworkers? Well, <laughs> there, there are quite a few. Everyone has an issue, first of all, in her little world. It's something going on with everybody. And uh, just in terms of fatal glow, um, and, and a glimmer, of course, in the first book, you have to establish who the characters are. And that's really essential for, for any series, is that is what you, you do. And that is always a challenge. And then with the next one, you're able to kind of take it from there and, and develop them more. And I think each each character and and each character has a secret. Each character has something she or he is trying to hide, except for Ron Phoenix, of course, and Juniper, who are pretty out there. And I think that um, what again, favorite characters, the plot, the character, and the plot always comes from character. So you look at what's going on with the character, and you you take it from there. It's it's I'm kind of. It's so funny because talking about a fatal glow, once once you finish a book, <laughs> it 
you're, done, you're on to the next one. So I've got to remember, which <laughs> book am I talking about? And A Fatal Glow is, is, I think, it was just such an interesting book to write. Every, 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 there were lots of different things happening in it. And um, again, developing characters that I kind of glossed over in this, in the first one, but now I'm able to give more depth and, and more, look at them even more, more closely. I think, um, and that I think is, is one of the joys of, of writing this. Uh, Harley, I like is, <laughs> and they all play a part. Like you get with each book, you get to see them develop more and more. You get to find out things about them you didn't know before. And, um, and, you know, all of the things that you thought you knew, the more you write the new book, it, you know, it, it comes up more and you, you know more and there are different layers that you can bring into them. And so in a sense, they're growing as each book grows. The more you write about Harley or you more that you write about um, any of the other characters, the more things you learn about them and you're able to fill in gaps that you may not have filled in before. So, um, and that, that's always kind of a fun thing to not, well, it's a, it's part of creating characters that are believable. It's part of creating, knowing what they're going to say in a certain situation. It's part of, um, Odessa knowing, um, learning more about herself. Uh, do you, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, please go ahead. <laughs> um, you know, um, Lennox Royal, for example, <laughs> who it's like, the, the, the policeman who, the ex-detective who is the owner of the barbecue store, Royals Barbecue, it's like a, another favorite character of mine, who the more I know about him and his life and the more he becomes a part of Odessa's, the more I'm able to, and I, with, the, with each book, tell more about him and how he, I don't know, it, it's not like writing in, in the Tamara Hale books where you know with her with Tamara and Basil there's going to be fireworks. It's a different kind of fireworks with the with the cozy. I think you don't have the same kind of energy. It's a kind. It's a little soft, little more gentle energy. And you, as you build their my, as I build their relationship in the book books, so hopefully more books, but you know, to come, um, I'm able to do more with his character and to go deeper into him, him who he is as a man and his his dealing with his child who is artistic. So, um, and that's a character I will probably do more with in A Shimmer of Red, which is one I'm, but A Fatal of Glow, I talk about him as well and about about um, his daughter. Now, for these these characters, you, you mentioned they have secrets. Do you sort of know what those secrets are ahead of time and think, hey, I'm going to kind of craft the story around that particular secret or do the secrets just sort of come out as you're, you're writing and you don't Oddly know enough, what it is? As I'm writing, you know, as you create, it, it's a funny thing writing for me. It, it, you, you write and then you learn things about characters and sometimes you, um, you just kind of have to, to trust your instincts with them. You know, um, I think of one in particular character who, I really, you know, her husband, Daryl, who of course is dead. The more I write about Daryl, her, her husband, the more I know. Um, Luella, who is another favorite character. Um, these are, again, what did I know about her? Red plays an important part, who I touched on in the first book, but now he has a whole chapter to himself in this book. <laughs> and that is important too, because I was able to really look kind of, go back and I had to reread, what did I say about red in the first book? And then now to develop it more, 
you know, um, and those I think, I'm thinking of another just off the head who I, you know, um, it's just like, and again, developing, um, remind myself of how you're, um, Tanya, Tanya Risco, who I, the first book is really a battered woman and, and is able and that plays a part, but she's coming into her own in this book, not in always the best way. Tanya is to me a fascinating character because I'm able, again, she's not sure where she is in life or what she is or who she is, but as each book goes, I'm able to bring more information about Tanya. And I think in some ways, um, in terms of the, this particular, the cozy genre, you can do more with characters, at least in, in this, the ones that I'm writing. I find I'm, I'm doing more with the develop characters and the character arcs and, and kind of layering them with each book. And that I think ultimately, since people I think read for character, they read to know more about characters. Setting is important, it's essential, but it's not the thing. I mean, the setting in a sense is the office, but also it's the greater community. And it's kind of a, a community I'm, I'm kind of loosely based on a town, not the town I live in, but a, a town nearby. So that is, you know, that's been fun to drive through the town and get a sense of, of, um, of what I can, in descriptions, what I can put in them. So um, all of these things go into, um, for me, into writing. And one of the things that I find so enjoyable about it and why it's an escape. I was asked to write an essay recently, which I'm finishing up now for a publication. And I must say, it's hard to write. It. <laughs> <laughs> I found it much harder. I said, oh my Lord, I had to do research and I had to do stuff. I mean, find the, you know, it was just very hard. Not hard. In a, it was a little, you know, hard, you know. And I said, God, I love writing fiction. You don't have to look at it, you just go with it. I mean, you research stuff. Certainly, I spent a lot of time in this book. I don't want to talk too much about how it all comes out because I don't want to, you know, but I did a lot of research in the book. But it was interesting to get into the various aspects of the research to find out what with this particular thing, how does it play out? How, how, what can I use in with any mystery? How, if you're gonna you know, murder somebody, how is it done? There are th things that you must know. Is this the method this person would use? How was it done? What is the time lapse? How do you how do you plan? You plan it out like you're really planning to off somebody, which is an unpleasant thing to say about oneself, but it's true. <laughs> You know, how do I, how does this happen? And it's step by step. It's building the piece. So, and where are the, where are the clues? And um, going back and if you've written by chapter six, if you've written one thing, you have to make sure it's in chapter two that you're establishing why this person has this motive. All of these things. And that's what makes up to me about writing mystery so much fun is that it's all about, you know, it all has to come together at the end. It all has to really make sense at the end. And that I think is what makes a, a good mystery for me anyway. It's a good story. And and, and speaking of uh, uh, research into uh, things uh, people may not know about and, you know, themes of sort of coming into your own and, and changing. I know you mentioned that Odessa is not comfortable with her gift of uh, second sight or sixth sense, but it sounds like it sounds as though she's becoming reluctantly, uh, at least accepting, <laughs> if not comfortable. And I, I'm going to go on a limb and assume that, although right now she sees it as more of a hindrance, at some point it may become 
more helpful to her. So would you tell us a little about Second Sight and, and you know, what her gift is and how it works and, and how it may come to be something that she finds is probably more useful in solving murders and in catering maybe, but how it becomes more well, useful to her? I think that I, I it's, a, it's what she, her, her particular gift, is she can um, sense, smell, and hear things that other people can't. And she, the main thing that she can see is what she calls, what her aunt calls, and what is known as within the family is glimmers. And glimmers are like auras. And it means that she can read a room in a sense, and she can tell things about people that aren't necessarily stated. She can get a kind of a sense of what a person is by the kind of glimmer they have, as she calls it. Or it's not like an aura, but not exactly. It's a little bit more intense, I think. But whatever it comes down to, whenever she smells nutmeg, she knows that somebody's going to die, and that's the problem. And of course, as I mentioned before, it's ruined, well, for everyone who loves nutmeg, it's certainly ruined eggnog and anything else. <laughs> Cocoa, anything else. Certain There's cakes, no. pumpkin no. pie. No, no pumpkin pie. So I don't, and I just, I don't know why I chose nutmeg. I, at one point in the book, um, her aunt thinks, well, you're just happy, you're just lucky you're not, it's not curry. So it's like, <laughs> so certain smells, with, with the certain members of, the, of her particular family mean certain things. And death is, is what she knows will happen when she smells nutmeg. And in a sense, but the thing about, about it that, that's so awful for her is that despite this gift, she was not able to tell that her husband was going to die something like he died. There was no sense of it. There was no warning that she had. And she felt, and if you're going to have a gift, you want something to tell you, be prepared. But she wasn't. And it's devastated her. And it's made her just trust, not mistrust not only her gift, but herself to a certain extent. And as you said, little by little, I think she, and in each book, she asked her aunt, why didn't it tell me? And this, I think in A Fatal Glow, she does as well. Why didn't it tell me? Why did, what, what is this? And her aunt kind of explains to her why this is so, that you can't, it doesn't know everything. And part of her understanding her gift is, as you said, finally, I think it, I, it's more books, as I write the more book and find different aspects of the character. And also her connection to her past, Rosemary, who was her mother, and her, her other aunt, understand how this can be a strength for her, although sometimes it seems as if it's not. And she doesn't tell many people about it. She would never tell Lennox Royal. <laughs> but um, she will at some point if they're going to have a real relationship. But she's not told him yet. And um, so these are things that, that you know, with her particular gift, that is a strength, but also it's she's still learning to cope with it. And that does... I was uh, you know, sort of joking about it, you know, pumpkin spice latte season must be a nightmare for her, but on a, <laughs> uh, but on a, a more, you know, real note, I mean, she does have careers, both as caterer and real estate agent that puts her into contact with a lot of strangers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as in this one, you know, her client, <laughs> she, she gets the sense something's going to happen and her client turns up dead. And this has she thought about or will she think about how she's going to manage this gift when she's in fields that constantly put her into contact with strangers who she might know are going to die i mean that that's you know it's kind of a rough way to 
handle a client meeting, you know, it's like, uh, well, I think uh, as the books go on, one thing that's good about having her in these two different worlds, that gives me more of a, a field to play with in the sense of writing plots, you know, because you can, it really opens it up because it's not like, I mean, you can't have every, well, you know, not at some point, not, not every person and you have to bring in new blood as it were and new <laughs> bad probably bad analogy but new <laughs> new characters to to kind of thicken the plot to bring out more of these and certainly in a fatal glow that's you know and this new book i which i think i keep thinking about because i'm ready to really start working but with this with the with a fatal glow i've done this and i think i've again deepened certain characters and brought in a little bit more about her past and it becomes central to what unfolds in the book, in The Fatal Glove. And so you leave certainly knowing more about her and then, than you did before. And um, so that too, it's like finding out more about a family, the more you write, in, in, or in her case, about the world that she's in and the people she knows. They come back, these are recurring characters in her office. So you have those characters you can work with. There are characters, new characters you can bring in. There are worlds, and certainly in the catering world, that she can you know, run into problems with, like in this book. And also, of course, with real estate, because there are certain houses that have a certain problem, as it were. And <laughs> I think as I, as, a series, if I, as I continue, hopefully, to write this with the books in the series, you can take those aspects and play with it. And those are also, I think, cozy material. And um, one of the things in first writing the cozies, I had this beginning of this cozy and entering this world, I really had to know more about what, what they were and what you could do and what you really don't want to do. And I was used to writing a certain, in the PI novel, a certain kind of protagonist. But she was, I had to really rethink all of that. And um, and I think that was good for me as a writer too, to write within a particular pattern or a particular subgenre. And this, I think, has been learning for me as a writer, a good thing. And an another feature of cozies uh, that readers love are the settings. You know, the, uh, there are so many fictional small towns you could, uh, you know, practically have a, a, a travelogue just of the the small towns that various. Uh, Cozy writers have created. Now, this series is also set in New Jersey, correct? Right. Going to say that's one thing. I you mentioned the kind of the areas that my this cozy covers. It's certainly the paranoia, par, par, paranormal <laughs> aspect of cozy writing. Paranoia to paranormal. There's the catering, which is fun. Always plays a part. And I have a recipe at the end of the, each book. Or the, certainly this with the, the first one was a cake, which is actually very right, was a featured in the tea time thing a, a magazine which I was oh, really wow. about it's on my website I think and with this new one it's um a collard green quiche which is oh, by okay. um, a new uh, an old friend who uh, who was I knew it from essence uh, Janelle Nash and um so I took her I think I I do credit her of course and say that it was you know what do I say but that was fun and it it's called Dessa's Handy Dandy Collard Greens Quiche. And it's it's a good quiche. It's um it's a good, it's it was fun to to do that, to find a recipe. And the recipe also plays a part in the book. It, it's certainly in the um in a glimmer of death, the cake was important, 
But in this one, the collard green key, collard green key shows up a couple of different times. So that is too, is a part of it. And of course, there's Jersey. I'm, um, my husband grew up in Newark and that's his hometown. I live in a small town in Montclair, New Jersey, but it's near a town called Bloomfield, which is where I've kind of based these, these, these cozies. And it's a lovely little town. And it's, a, it's an interesting town. A lot of these Jersey towns are older towns, 1800s, 1900s. And, and again, with old streets and old houses and old places and histories and old cemeteries and, and a, a kind of struggling older towns. This particular town is like so many towns in America. It's on the one hand, you've got a very poor town sitting next to it. Then you've got a very rich suburb, suburban town. And so it's right in the middle, it's all, but it's always struggling. But it's also a magnet for people coming from different parts of the world. And, um, and that I like about this, this particular town, Grovestown, I think I call it. So it was able to kind of create a new kind of town. And it's close to New York, which is interesting. And like I said, a subway ride away from New York, not subway, excuse me, a, a bus or train ride, three stops from New York. And so that, it's that part of, a, you know, of, of, you know, it makes it appealing. But um, so it, it has its own particular charms as well. And this is because a lot of us, uh, myself included, make the mistake of writing Jersey off just as one big suburb of New York City. Which, <laughs> and of course, there's much more to the Garden State than that. So apologies to everyone in Jersey yeah. for our biased views of it. It's an amazing, <laughs> it's an amazing state. There is so there's so many parts to it. And again, I'm a Jersey girl now. I mean, there's no question about that. I guess one could say. But um, my kids, I've lived here for what? My goodness. How long? At least 50 years. 50 oh, wow. 50 years, yeah. And, um, yeah, at least 50. And there's town and 30, for 30, in the side of this house for 30. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm pretty rooted in, in here. But, again, knowing the, knowing the state and um, knowing certain things about it are, you know, and it's, it's been interesting. And it's, I identify with it. And I, you know, it has a special place in my heart. So that has been, it's been a good, a good town for me, a good place, a good state for me. I was born in Connecticut, which is different. So, but I don't really know it like I know Jersey. I do know parts of it, but it's, um, but I'm also an army brat. So I lived in different parts of the world. So it was hard for me to settle down someplace finally. And I did. So certainly when Jersey, because my husband's from Jersey, it, that was where we, you know, we ended up staying living in, in Jersey and he grew up in Newark and he has a very strong bond with Newark. So that's why I based, I was able to see the city through his eyes for that particular mystery. And this is more in a sense that the Odessa Jones mysteries and particularly, you know, A Fatal Glow and A Glimmer of Death are kind of suburban in the sense. They're not, they're suburban mysteries. And the suburb is a suburb of, of bigger places, but it has its own particular, you know, charms and problems. And that's what, what you deal with in these. So that's, in that sense, it's a kind of traditional cozy, I think. Would you mind reading us a, a little bit of uh, Fatal Glow? Thank you so much. I would, I'll read the first, first paragraph and I'm get my reading glasses on here. <laughs> 
There was no whiff of nutmeg, the usual warning that death is heading my way. No signs from the gift, that unreliable second sense that graces, and I use the word loosely, the women in my mother's family. No disturbing colors or sounds. I only heard my late husband's voice quoting, oddly enough, those well-known lines from Macbeth. By the prickling of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Carol's voice usually comes at the end of a dream and I'm going through a rough spot or missing him more than usual. So why this morning? I glanced up from my laptop as two men in suits that cost more than my monthly mortgage stroll past my cubicle into Tanya Risco's office. The younger was wickedly handsome. The older just looked wicked. His skin had a yellowish cast to it, a problem for a dark brown-skinned man. And although he was built like an aging prize fighter, the ring had definitely had the last round. And that's the first page of Oh, that's so wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for, for sharing that with us. <laughs> it's, I'm very proud of a fatal blow. And like I said, I felt that I was kind of finding my, as it were, wings in this, with a, in the cozy world. And um, I hope that, that readers will enjoy it. And I've got good responses from A Glimmer of Death and um, this a second one, A Fatal Blow. And I'm starting to work on A Shimmer of Red, which maybe next year sometime will come out. <laughs> but A Fatal Blow comes out in March. And um, let me just get the exact date. No. Ah, March 2022, which is, it look, ends up as right around the corner. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's, you, you that's, know it's uh, pretty close actually. Yeah, <laughs> time time just goes so quickly these days. So that's that's you know I'm looking forward to that as well. And can you give us a, a preview of the third one? Have you started working on that? Or I or, have started working. I can't say too much about it except that I'm in the area now of developing. I've kind of you know passed in the synopsis, what you do, so I know what the story's about. And I will say that it's, um, I do bring two new characters into it, into the, into the town, into the town, into the, um, the office. And um, <laughs> one isn't there very long. <laughs> and it, it's, again, it's, it, it's, I, it's, I can't wait to really start writing it, really start getting into it. Cause you know, when you, you, you finish a book for me, it should be a series and then you go on to the next one. And then all of the characters come back in different roles and playing different parts. And sometimes it's hard to, which book was that? I, you know, when I, <laughs> certainly with the my PI series, I do like nine or 10 books in that. And where, you know, I, what book was that? Who was in that one? And since this is just the third, the second book of the series, it's easier to keep track. But the third one, you're playing even more with the characters and the plot. And you're, I feel even more sure of myself in this in this subgenre. So hopefully readers will find it, well, a fatal glow. I hope that they will find it as, and be as, you know, as receptive to it as, as they were to a glimmer of death. And I'm looking forward to getting response from folks in March when they're able to, well, they can also pre-order it in, um, you know, on Amazon, but um, 
I'm I'm very proud of the book, and I'm hoping that the folks will enjoy it. And thank you again <laughs> for having me and for the conversation. Oh, you, you, you're so welcome. Um, and uh, do, do you think uh, we might ever see another uh, Tamara Hale book at, at some point in the, in the, the future, near yes. or far? I, uh, yeah, I've written it. It's just. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's ready to go. Right there. I, I think I'm going to be self-publishing it, though, because I think what, ha- you know, you can't, don't want books to compete with each other. Right, right. And that can be an issue. But I've, I've it's called, um, let me see, I've forgotten it. Um, when Angels Mourn. And if you are curious, if people go on the website and there's a picture of the cover, but it's not, I haven't, it's not published yet. But I, at some, I hope, at some point it will be, probably self-published, but we'll see. But uh, Fatal Glow is, you know, um, I just have to make sure, it's funny when I, <laughs> You, you write these and then you have to make sure, did I say that in the other series? <laughs> How did the person die? Did I, put, did I use that method before? And that's always, for me, it's like, oh my God. So, you know, that's something you have to watch. If you write enough of them and I, you know, you every book has its particular, you know, thing that's going on. So hopefully, and every now and then you'll get something from, you know, and the Tamara Hale is not so much this one, this is a new series. You know, in book number four, you said, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> oh, my Lord. You killed off so-and-so and now he's back. And so you, it's, you know, you get to write in the books, you forget that you've done what you've done in the past. So that's always a problem. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's still a joy to, for me to write them and a joy when people tell me they've enjoyed them. So, and hopefully they'll continue to. And, and a fatal gonna, goal will be, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, there's, you can visit my website too, if people are interested. It's um, www.valeriewilsonwesley.com, just my name.com. So that is also a good source of information about what's going on. And I, um, I'll i be posting more about a fatal glow closer to the time. And, and that will be, you know, really important, I think. And also it, when I get closer to when angels mourn, at some point, I'll let people know through that. So, and and a fatal glow. Um, in addition to being available online, will be available in uh, fine booksellers everywhere. I presume. Yep, it's books everywhere. They always Amazon. You can order through Amazon and through the publisher, which is Kensington, which is a great publisher. You can anywhere that the fine books are sold, you'll be able to find find my book. I hope at some point also to give a, um, you know, I usually have a bookstore here in, in town in Montclair, watch on booksellers where I have always done my first reading. So I'm hoping to do that again with this book in March. So I have to contact the owner and, and I'll put something like that on my, on my Facebook page as well as on my website and invite people to come to that. So um, what's, what's the name of the bookstore know. again? Watch on booksellers. Watch on booksellers. It's, a, it's an independent bookstore. Okay. Watch on Probably I'll, in March. I have to find out and contact um, Margot and let her know that, see if I can schedule a book signing. And I guess I, it's amazing. And look up, it's already January. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, Where's the time go? And, um, oh, and you mentioned your Facebook page. Is that under your name as well? Valerie Wilson Wesley. Yeah, that should be. And our, you know, like I said, the, you can always reach me through my website for email or I 
also do readings for book clubs. And I meet with online at this point with book clubs. And I've done a couple of those and I'm, I, and which are always a joy to, you know, to talk to readers and through Zoom or generally always through Zoom. So that, that's always fun. I'm always available for that. And, and with, I've done it with, I hope to be doing it with a fatal glow soon as well. So always a way to get in touch with me. Sounds wonderful. So uh, plenty of ways for you to connect with you and uh, they can find your, your book at their favorite independent bookseller and, and read more um, uh, Shakespeare and nutmeg and uh, <laughs> uh, men in expensive suits who things happen to. <laughs> Bad things happen to those who spend more money on a suit than a lady's morning. <laughs> they deserve what they get. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Valerie. It was wonderful talking to you. It was wonderful talking to you, too. Thank you so much. And you take care of yourself. And you have- too. Okay. Goodbye. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I've been chatting with Valerie Wilson-Wesley, author of the Odessa Jones Mysteries, about the newest in her series, A Fatal Glow. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm Alexia Gordon, award-winning author and host of the show. Tune in next time for another chat with an author writing on the lighter side of crime. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.